Hello and thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Tuesday, March 7th. Let's jump into this morning's top stories. Freshly minted SIU Edwardsville AD Andrew Gavin has agreed to a four-year contract. With an annual salary of $205,000 and various bonus opportunities, per college AD. Gavin would earn a $5,000 bonus if the Cougars raise $500,000 or more annually, a $7,500 bonus for raising $750,000, $10,000 if the Cougars raise $1 million, $12,500 for raising $2 million and $15,000 for raising $3 million. Gavin can also receive a $5,000 bonus if the Cougars reach $200,000 in ticket sales, or $100,000 in basketball ticket sales. If SIUE terminates Gavin's contract without cause, he would be owed the lesser of 12 months of base pay or the remainder of his contract. Should Gavin leave for another NCAA post without obtaining permission from SIUE, he would owe the balance of his salary for the remainder of his term. WCC Commissioner-elect Stu Jackson talks about several topics, including what the conference will look for in the event realignment wins start to blow once again, one is, does the school align with our current members' values, education standards? Then secondly, and candidly, what resources do they bring to the conference? Are they a net ad or does it just make us a status quo? I think if any potential institution meets one or either of those criteria, it's something we owe it to ourselves to consider. Jackson also says it's imperative we are creative in exploring ways we can bring about more national visibility to the conference, identify new revenue streams and improve our policies and our operations in an effort to help our schools win championships. West Virginia AD Ren Baker fields several questions from WVUSports.com. On football scheduling, no program I am aware of that has made huge strides recently has done that by playing a highly difficult, top 5 type, non-conference schedule. If you look at what has happened at Baylor, TCU and Kansas State, all of them have tried to come out of non-conference with good records with some confidence and are healthy, and then they get ready for conference play. You are balancing that by trying to play games that are meaningful to fans and are of interest to fans. And I get that and that's all part of the equation, but I think you can do those things without putting your team at a disadvantage. Franklin County Circuit Court Judge Philip Shepard has agreed with the OVC's motion to impose sanctions on Eastern Kentucky, following the Colonel's exit in 2021, explaining, This court has bent over backward to give EKU the opportunity to comply with its orders, but it appears that EKU has now repeatedly failed to produce relevant emails, or a privilege log for documents it seeks to withhold under a claim of privilege. It appears to the court that there has been no good faith effort to obtain and produce the relevant emails from private email accounts of EKU regents, officers, and employees. The OVC was seeking a $1 million exit fee from EKU, but the court will reserve a ruling on the amount to be imposed pending a resolution of all issues related to the discovery dispute. EKU will be required to pay for the OVC's attorney fees. Iowa State Senator Annette Sweeney took to Twitter yesterday, writing, this afternoon I took to the Senate floor to discuss the current situation at the University of Iowa. I have called on the Senate to hold the Board of Regents budget until Hawkeye's AD Barda either resigns or is fired. Iowa taxpayers expect and demand accountability. Iowa State Auditor Rob Sand says he spoke with Hawkeye's AD Barda to inform him of his position and assumed the other two members of the three-person panel would vote in line with him. Ultimately, they did not, citing the uneasiness of singling out Barda. However, Sand remained unmoved. 
The point at the end of the day is, you've had four tries to understand that discrimination is bad, Gary, and the fact that you can't understand that means we need to find a new AD. This is terrible stuff that is happening to people and we should take a stand to stop it, not just because it would save us money but I think we should care about people. The Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament late last week at the Target Center in Minneapolis drew record-breaking crowds, thanks in large part to Iowa supporters. Sunday's announced attendance of 9,505 spectators set a Big Ten Women's Tournament record for any single session. That's more than the 9,417 who attended the 2014 title game in Indianapolis. The tournament featured three of the ten largest single-session crowds in the tournament's 30-year history. Sunday's crowd set a tournament record for all sessions. The 9,375 who attended Saturday's semifinal session and Friday's 8,577 quarterfinal session attendance set records as well. The league also sold out of championship merchandise in under 10 minutes. Thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Tuesday, March 7th. We'll see you back here this afternoon.